Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Word Podcast. Uh, we're continuing going through the book of Ephesians, <clears throat> a book which I am convinced we could spend uh, uh, the rest of our time here on the earth uh, plumbing the depths of. I'm quite serious about that. Uh, it's the kind of thing that the more you look at it, the more you're just amazed by it. And so I'm going to go to the first chapter of Ephesians <clears throat> and pick up the seventh verse. We actually read through the seventh and the tenth verse, through the tenth verse, uh, our last time together. And um, some people, uh, what some translations show this all as. Uh, one sentence. The New American Standard, which I'm reading from right now, actually has it broke up in two sentences. But it's like one big long thought, okay? But I want us just to really just take some time here, folks, and just think about it. Verse 7 says this, In Him, and that's speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have redemption through His blood. Okay? Now, if you were uh, uh, raised like I was in the Deep South where everybody is, quote, born saved, unquote, uh, then this is not something that is a new thought to you. And as a matter of fact, we sort of take it for granted that everybody knows this, but they don't, okay? We are only redeemed, okay, only redeemed uh, through the blood of Jesus Christ. And uh, people say, well, what is redemption? Well, the uh, the official definition, the Greek word up there, literally means it's a, a release of something affected by the payment of a ransom, okay? It's... The fact that we've been set free of something, delivered from something by something that has been done on our behalf, usually by somebody else, okay? In Him, we have redemption. We have been set free. Well, set free from what? We'll look at that in just a moment. This has happened through His blood. Well, when, where, why, how, etc. through His blood. Well, the Scripture tells us that life is in the blood. As a matter of fact, there's some really interesting thoughts about that. <clears throat> if I were to ask you, uh, you know, what is, where do you live? Where do you dwell? I'm not talking about in a house. I'm not talking about that type of thing. We have a body, right? Where in the body is the essence of who we are? Okay. And if you look at different times in different places, you know, right now, most people probably say, oh, well, it's in our brain. You know, that who we are is in our brain, and we're thinking more from what we see when there's uh, brain damages and what happens to a person, that kind of thing. Well, yeah, I understand that. Or it could be the heart. Quite often people say the heart. Uh, the Scripture talks about the kidneys and about the bowels, that deep within the bowels, you know, we are. But I think what we really see is that it's in the blood because the blood flows through every portion of our body, Okay. Without the blood, we'd be in a big problem, okay? Life is in the blood, the Scripture tells us. And that uh, when you look at the uh, totality of the Scripture, you see that because man rebelled against God, that God had to bring forth a Savior. It actually begins over in Genesis 3. You see it happening right there. And you see uh, little echoes of the beginning of what's going to happen, okay? With the shedding of blood and the providing of clothing for Adam and Eve. God gave them... Uh, Animal skins, well, what happened to the animals? Right. So you see a picture of that. And so we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins, of our trespasses, according to the riches of his 
grace. Our sins have been forgiven. According to the riches of his grace, it is only by God's grace, and God's grace is rich. Uh, there's different levels of grace. There's different amounts of grace. Some of us require more than others. Scripture tells us that. So in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us. The Lord lavished. Isn't that great? What does the King James say about that? Wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. <laughs> Don't you love that? It's absolutely true. It's what it says, okay? That he lavished without measure, without holding any back, his grace, the riches of his grace. And so verse 8 says, In all wisdom and insight he made known to us the mystery of his will. The Lord has made known to us the mystery of his will. And this is in all of his wisdom and all of his insight, according to his kind intention, which he proposed in him. And in him, the him is the Lord Jesus Christ. So he's saying that the Father has done this. The Father has lavished upon us richly his grace, and he's done it to the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's through all his wisdom and all his insight, and he's made known the mystery of his will. The mystery of his will was made known through the Lord Jesus Christ and what Jesus has done for us, the salvation that he's provided for us. All that he's done is the mystery of the will of the Father according to the kind intention which he purposed in him. So it's according to the purposes that he set forth in Christ. There were purposes there, and the purpose was to lavish this upon those that he's called, upon those that he's predestined. Then verse 10, uh, it's a little clunky here in the New American Standard. Let me read it here, then I'll read it in a couple other places. He did so with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times. That is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in heaven and things on earth. Let's look and see what the ESV says. As a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven, and things on earth. Well, that's a good bit shorter. than the, Let's see what the Lexman says. For the administration of the fullness of times, to bring together all things in Christ, the things in heaven, and the things on earth in him. King James says this, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. And so what you see is the bottom line with this. And the New American Standard puts a period right there with this thing. Uh, the ESV does. The Lexham, the King James, carries it on over into another um, verse, another uh, couple of verses, as a matter of fact. So you see that it's a very tight flow of thought. The bottom line is this, that the Lord has done this. His kind intention, his purpose to do all that he did in Christ Jesus for this purpose, to sum up everything in Christ, the things in heaven, and the things on earth. That is wild, okay? The more you think about it, the things in heaven and the things on earth are summed up in the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> tell you what, I'm going to stop right there for the sake of time before we get into the next thing. But I just want you to reflect upon this because he calls it a mystery. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his kind intention which he purposed in Christ. What was that kind of intention? It's a plan for the fullness of time. 
It's a plan for when everything is said and done that all will be summed up in Christ. The things in heaven and the things on earth. This is something as believers that we can rejoice in. Again, I'm Dale. I'll see you again next time.